hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. I had a, a little bit of a weird uh, thing where time sometimes goes very fast because people mm. are further in a thought process than you thought they were. Hmm. Have you ever had that happen? Explain. Uh, I will give you a very explicit example. I went to my parents' place on Friday to do laundry sure. because uh, I don't know if we've established this on the podcast, but my landlord uh, charges for the wash and dry and it's $2.50 for both. Complete garbage. Not, not for both. Of, it's not like to- total. Per. It's $5 total. It's ridiculous. Uh, just for that. Yeah, it's stupid. So I go to my parents because they have free laundry. Um, they were looking at pictures of cats uh, huh. on, on the internet. And All I right. was like, oh, cool. This is like actual local shelter cats. And they're na- listing the names because they always have crazy names. And they're like, this one's King George. We're <laughs> thinking about getting King George. <laughs> King George. And, and I was like, oh, okay. You guys are thinking about getting another cat. Because my mother's been very uh, explicit about the fact that she wants chihuahuas. And nobody else in the family wants chihuahuas. Mm, right. Not a single person. And my dad, <laughs> he did say like, okay, she'll get her chihuahuas. I'll get my mid-sized dog. Like it's an SUV or something. <laughs> I'll get a medium-sized dog. It'll work out. You know how many um, kibbles we can fit in this bad boy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that slap in his head. when you got some good acoustics on some dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, there. They're thinking about this. Uh, Cut to uh, on Sunday, we go to brunch where uh, we're having Annie. We're having like a family or like the parents meeting each other. Um, That's a whole other story. But Mm -hmm. we're like, get a text on Saturday saying, hi, this is Frank, our new cat. Frank, the new cat. Hey, welcome to the the family. Hey, yeah, welcome well, to the so family plan. <laughs> so we're starting this episode of the podcast by saying, hey, Frank. Hey, Frankie. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and we went and we met Frank because uh-huh. the place we had brunch was very near to their place. And uh, Frank's a great cat. That's great. Frank is a Good job, Frank. He's super cuddling. He's a little diesel engine. Uh-huh. Uh, he's purring. He's great. My other cat that they already had, they didn't run this past her. She is pissed. Of course, she's naturally. Kissing. She, she, she was already probably pissed, probably pissed about everything beforehand, and then she was like, on top of everything. On top yeah. of everything you've done to me. This is how you repay me for nothing. She's like, this is going to get in the way of my 18 hours of sleep. This is going to, yeah. What are we going to do? This, this is a, this is a situation problem. that you need to, to deal with. But you know what? All the cat shelters in Segment City, always empty. Everyone loves cats here. They're hmm. constant. Like the moment a good one, people snatch them. They get them. Yeah, they that's, definitely get them. That's how be- people got lonely during COVID, and then they discovered cats are great. But I'll tell you what, the raccoon shelters, what, it's a it's a crisis. All right, we got a problem. <laughs> Listen, when you got raccoons and no one wants to adopt them, that's Segment City. Yeah, that's what that's, that is. You've you found yourself in Segment City. And you know what? I'm Will Kane, 
and I'm King Germ, and I've been in the raccoon shelter <laughs> for so long. Won't anyone adopt me? And I'm Theo Sapakos, and ooh, look at that. I just got adopted. Oh, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, wait, hey, hey, get back here. I want to be adopted. I'm out of here. <laughs> but this is a podcast in which Theo and I, we dumpster dive our way through the internet like raccoons, and we get all those good comedy morsels. We package them into segments for you, for your listening pleasure. And now we're going to start with, ooh, a little bit of a, a holiday Will stupid thought. Oh. We are in December. I do allow these. I'm not a big I Christmas guy. I do allow these. Okay. I do allow. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is uh, this is more just musing about the film Polar Express. Sure, I've never seen the film Polar Express, but go You've off. You've never King. seen Polar Express. Wow. Uh, we we threw it on the other night because I was feeling like you're talking about the, the the animated self Seth Rogen all that. Not Seth Rogen. It's it has uh, Tom Hanks in it. That and wait, Tom. who am I thinking of? There's no Seth. Actually, that would be wild if Seth Rogen was in. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Could crazy. You what am I was thinking of? That would it be amazing. Does, they got to make a new Polar Express. Like, hey, I'm Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's doing the big laugh and stuff. It's like that's not Santa's laugh. Yeah, he's, he's a stoner's laugh. He's like, oh, I love these milk and cookies, man. Like, he's, <laughs> take a look at these elves, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, these guys, are you tiny or am I huge? Uh, but it's, it, uh, it's uh, for people who have not seen the movie, it is, uh, it has not aged well. It is a CGI movie from mm-hmm. like 2006 or something. And they tried to go for photorealism. Um, In 2006. Not, yeah, did not go this great. Was, uh, listen, CGI in the Bush administration wasn't great. All right. I hate to <laughs> no, tell you this, kids. <laughs> the, they aren't exactly Pixar over there, wherever they, they made this. Uh, but it, have you read the book Polar Express? Yes, familiar with the book for sure. That's what I grew up it, on. Yeah, let's let's establish that Polar Express because from my memory of it, not a very complicated book. In, no, in terms it's of pretty pretty it, short story, it's not crazy. Yeah, short story. In terms of complexity, it's more on the hungry, hungry caterpillar end of the plot. Right, as it's not really a ninety-minute feature film. In terms it's of that dude, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> literally, I think in the book they he goes on the titular Polar Express. Uh-huh. They get hot cocoa, mm-hmm. uh, and then they meet Santa, and he gets a bell, and he Huge. comes back. Huge. That's that's the plot. Yeah. The Polar Express movie one. Tom Hanks plays multiple roles. Okay. Like he's in the fucking clumps. Like, <laughs> except it's CGI Tom Hanks. So he plays he plays the, uh, the train conductor, which makes sense because he does look like they made it look like him, but mm-hmm, with a mustache. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine. They made him, uh, I'm going to describe the character as a ghost hobo. A ghost That lives hobo. on the train. Yeah, because he keeps disappearing, and it's him doing. He's doing a kind of voice. He's doing a voice, and he's he has a fire on top of the train. You know, um, I don't know if Tom Hanks is a guy who does voices. I he mean, doesn't do, he doesn't do, <laughs> he doesn't do a he's, lot of he's characters. He's Woody, but that's just yeah. him. That's just his voice. That's him, but uh, he does Forrest Gump. I'm gonna say Forrest Gump is probably his, like <laughs> you imagine farthest the, out of like, range. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna need you to do a voice for this for this uh, ghost over here. This ghost character. He's like. Life is like a box of no, ghost no, like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 you can't no, do that. No. He's like, well, it's on a train. He must know about he, <laughs> he must Forrest know. Gump has a lot of skills. <laughs> he could be <laughs> on this train. But uh, he also, I do believe, plays Santa Claus. Uh, I did fall asleep before the end of the movie. They only so had budget for on, one man, for one man to I, do voices, I guess. They want, I think, or Tom Hanks, it was like, 
all in. He was he was so hyped for this role. <laughs> They're like, Tom, was like, Tom, we have this whole other, I, we have this suite of actors we've hired. He's like, no, it's all me. <laughs> uh, sir, Tom Hanks refuses to leave the CGI set. <laughs> the, he loves the green screen, and we don't He's understand why. He's loving it. But so in the movie, basic plot for a thing, death-defying things happen in that movie literally the the boy is is he has a ticket like there's a little girl that he keeps on fucking up the ticket for her like he stole it and (laughs) then they're like no ticket fuck you (laughs) indiana judge throw her out of the train yeah he's gonna (laughs) that's what but they bring her on top of the train to like walk to the the cockpit i guess and he's following and this it's like wind blowing and stuff i'm like this boy's freezing to death there's no way he's living wait wait, wait. his face telling me that like if you need to get around the train, you don't navigate within the train. You have to go on top of the train to get around. I guess. I guess that he went on top of the train. He bet he met the ghost hobo, and he had a great time with him. You know why it's he, a ghost hobo? Because he was hanging out on top of the train like a moron. Like get inside then, the train. That's the whole point. Then he goes to the front, and they go, "Oh, we're about to go over some some uh, fun roller coaster parts of this train ride. Give me some turbulence which, on this train ride, yeah." purely for the IMAX experience. Yep. Completely. They want it. They did the first person of like, like it's a roller coaster. Yeah, of course. They are fucking Tokyo drifting on ice at one point and the <laughs> ice is cracking underneath them. Like big action sequences <laughs> in a board book. And I, the, the Will stupid thought is, is there any book to movie that has had a bigger differential in terms uh. of how much bullshit did the, they added because they're adding like he's jumping like he's fucking Nathan Drake around <laughs> this place and it's like this boy is 10 creative, years old creative <laughs> liberties out the wazoo here yeah there's a lot and I can't think of a single one that uh. that is the, like because there are some that it's like because like who framed Roger Rabbit the original one is super weird like when you hear the plot synopsis, like Roger Rabbit's the one who died, and then he made huh. a clone of himself because he's a cartoon, and he has to solve his own murder. Like it's a really weird plot that you're like, I'm glad they changed it, but like I'm at glad, least it's yeah, like they're still know. like they're still shooting people and stuff. Yeah. In the boot. like they're still like, right. They don't add the entirety of the the plot synopsis. I'm trying to think of things that have strayed really far from the book. I mean. They really dragged The Hobbit out into three movies over one book. But I don't know how. That's I mean, fair. Yeah. They, that was more they kept of a. The, the main plot points, but they right. just had that big barrel river ride, which I think was like maybe a sentence. <laughs> and then they <laughs> right. escaped via the barrels, and that was it. Like, right. Yeah, there's. Uh, most things like keep most of the way. Like, hmm. and then they'll have a little bit different. This was just. I just wanted to bring this up because it's a wild. <laughs> It's very it wild movie. I gotta see this movie just to be just to be in the know about oh, this stupid the, the, adaptation. It lives. It lives in the uncanny valley. It is. It has a house <laughs> there. Deep. It it's is deep in there. Deep in the uncanny mm. valley. Mm, you know what? Maybe the live action Grinch also is is very because that the original even animated cartoon yeah. is like thirty minutes. Maybe that's a two hour plus movie. What the fuck are you adding? <laughs> well, at least there's some depth to the there's some depth to the story there. Like I get it. Yeah, like you can it, you can definitely elaborate. He's not a bit beating on parts people up. Yeah, he's he's not like it didn't change completely. Right. Like in terms of like to an action thing, he is still just kind of doing mischief. Right. And they just kind of extended out things they were there. But like this, they're making it all for whole cloth. <laughs> like they're, they're just making shit up. But anyway, that was a little bit of a seasonal holiday. Uh, think about the Polar Express. Let's see what you got 
express to, to my brain from your mouth. Well, speaking of express, you're not going to have to get out of your moving vehicle for Whoa. my first segment because it's coming Whoa. to us from thetakeout.com. And this article is entitled, You Can Now Order Denny's at the Drive-Thru. That's that- right, Will. <laughs> if you've ever thought of something more depressive than eating Denny's oh. in the store itself, you can now drive through your Denny's order. Very good. I, <laughs> I do like how they're like, finally, you can do this <laughs> cursed thing. Like, like there are people who have been like, I have been on every forum, every Denny's forum I've ever been on and i've typed every single time where's the takeout where's the takeout huh? oh, okay tell me about it sure here uh, we go yeah article starts when you picture a denny's location you're likely imagining the same sit down joint i do one that serves up classic diner meals for breakfast lunch and dinner but keeping mm-hmm. with the times the new denny's just opened in the small city of kerman california with a very unique feature one that's more reminiscent of a McDonald's than a diner. This new Denny's location in Kerman, California has a drive-through for takeaway orders. Notably, this is not the first drive-through Denny's has ever built. In 2007, a location was built in Indianapolis with a drive-through that served a limited menu of three breakfast sandwiches from 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. So extremely even, limited menu there. Yeah, even but you know Indianapolis, right? They love those sandwiches. They got to really they, get into the <laughs> they, local bit. They had to limit it to three sandwiches or else people yeah. were just going too crazy in Indianapolis. They're freaks out there. They wouldn't know what to do if it wasn't a, because a, a sandwich is its own little self-contained little thing. Like what right. it, they would be like, what do you mean? We got to give them pancakes. They just throw <laughs> it out the window at the, <laughs> it splats into people's face. The new Kerman location has followed suit, offering a wide array of dishes, if not the entire Denny's menu. An employee at the Kerman location confirmed to the takeout that a great number of entrees are available via the drive-thru, including grand slams, omelets, sandwiches, burgers, and even an entire dinner platters, including T-bone steaks. Which... Oh my god. What? (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine if you were driving along the highway... And you looked over to the car next to you, and there was a man eating a T-bone steak <laughs> while he was driving. <laughs> like, like he's a cartoon dog. <laughs> like, that that could that is on par with. Uh, I think SNL did a, a little musical number where it was like diner lobster. Lobster diner or something is <laughs> like getting the one lobster that's at a diner. Like you never do that. You never do that. Uh, we. I would never get that. Would, that's going to be. No matter what you say for how rare or whatever you, you want it, it's coming back well done. There's no way that yeah, they have the not te- technique. You also oh. know that the moment that Denny's enters your enters your uh, your car, that stink is in there. It's embedded in that oh, fabric for the rest of that car's life. You are never getting rid of that Denny's stink. Like the characters living in the Uncanny Valley from Polar Express, yep. that is... Oh, get my bags packed. I'm moving <laughs> into your car. Like, I'm moving with, in. With everything. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, I didn't even think about the... the Because I'm going to be honest. I love diners. I've never been to a Denny's. I, did, mm, I never saw the appeal. Because yeah. I'm like, it's probably completely sticky. Like, it's yeah. not going to be... You want the mom and pop okay. diner. You don't want the chain diner. I don't know. No, not at all. So everything is cooked to order, which results in fresher tasting food, but does take some time to prepare. The uh-huh. Kerman employee recommended ordering online prior to pickup so as to save time sitting in the Denny's drive-thru, which, I mean, at that point, I, I guess it's so that you don't have to go in and pick up your order, but isn't the point of the drive-thru that it's effectively fast, fast food? Like, you can yeah. add a moment. I mean, I guess you could drive through and order the steak, but 
you'd be sitting at the collection Why? counter blocking everybody for like a solid 10 minutes. Like, let's be this, real. This is just talks, speaks to the fact that breakfast food does not have a half-life. There's zero <laughs> right. half-life. As soon as, as soon as the, the eggs go out of the window of the restaurant, those are bad Gone. eggs. You can't eat those yeah, anymore. Those are, <laughs> those are trash <laughs> eggs. Those are, everyone knows that having cold eggs is like a weird, you're like, oh, it's like, like rubber. Like anymore. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. But imagine getting home with your, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm eggs? thinking about this because you brought up having a T-bone steak in your car and I'm like, that's the only way you could have this. And that's <laughs> so sad. It's not great. No. Ugh. I mean, there are other Man. things they're known for are like pancakes. How are you supposed to eat pancakes in a car? Like, what, what's you, that? You you make it a funnel. You stuff it into your mouth like it's a newspaper. <laughs> and then uh-huh. you pour the syrup through it like it's a straw. <laughs> you fill it up with French fries like while yeah. it's sticking out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> local like man cone. died from we don't know if it was a car accident or if it was choking to death probably both oh my gosh i love the idea of just looking over seeing somebody eating a waffle in the car <laughs> with their hands <laughs> like an animal <laughs> they have, they have a, what was it, the denny's grand slam they got a that's right grand the slam whole thing on top of yeah they're like oh hey what's going on <laughs> With drive-through service, it's clear that traditionally sit-down Denny's is working to its way to into a corner of the market it doesn't often cater to, an increasingly mobile customer base. <laughs> I'm a mobile customer. I gotta have my pancakes, but I'm on the go. I can't stop moving. What do I do? Come on, yeah. somebody, somebody help me. Increasingly mobile. It does sound like my feet are going someplace and I have no fucking clue where. I keep going. I keep running faster and faster. I'm more and more mobile. I can't slow down. You ever heard of speed? <laughs> I've been I've been taking drugs off the street. I've been hoping it's been going well. I love that they're just like more people are out and about just wandering around, not knowing where they're going. Honey, where are you driving to? I don't know, dear. I don't. And then they see a Denny's and they're like, "Thank they, God, I, civilization! I have somewhere to go. I can go to places that I can get a grape slam and I can <laughs> fill it with a T-bone steak and I'll eat it on the road. Yum. The New York oh. Times reports that the drive through business is now thriving, spurred by a general shift away from customers' devi- desire to eat inside fast food dining rooms for various reasons. Yeah. Mm. I mean, namely that inside fast food dining rooms suck. All sticky. <laughs> They're yeah, all that's bad. All sticky. That's going to be bad. It's like no ambiance on purpose. Right. Um, Designed purposely just, to get you in and out as fast as possible for as cheap as possible. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what Denny's known for. For many, social preferences have changed since the pandemic started, and a significant por- por- proportion of customers would rather eat in the environment of their choosing rather than, say, the nearest McDonald's location. Industry experts also say that part of... Hold on. Industry, ex- industry experts had to tell you that? Yeah. How much are they charging? <laughs> I can be an industry expert. Yeah, for uh, $10,000, I'll give you my opinion on the fast food industry and why people it, don't like eating at a McDonald's. It turns out that people don't like sitting in a sticky booth uh, that has no padding. And <laughs> Surrounded then the man by behind screaming them, children. Yeah, there are children on one side, and then the other side is a man who is farting constantly. <laughs> one long, <laughs> he, he walked in and he started <laughs> one long fart, and it hasn't stopped yet. And he says, I'm lactose intolerant, but please give me my coffee with milk. This is not going to go well. <laughs> he says, I'm vegetarian intolerant. And he starts looking everybody around like he wants to start something. He asks for all the meat like he's Ron Swanson. Who is this guy? <laughs> Who is this man? Come on. 
Industry experts also say that part of the current drive-through boom is that operations have improved their efficiency and that the uptick no. in speed has led to changing preferences as well. I, I call bullshit. Yeah, Absolutely call bullshit. not. They're, they are de-staffing places <laughs> like, yeah. to make it slower. Uh, industry experts are saying that people uh, love sticky cars now. Everybody loves a good yeah. sticky car. That's why we're doing Denny's drive-through. Industry experts have uh, determined that actually people don't like more employees. They want slower yeah, service. That's and true. They, you, that's what they love. Could this be a game changer for all full service and fast casual restaurants? Chipotle no. is only expanding the rollout of its Chipotle lanes, dedicated jive through pickup lanes from which you can't order on the spot, but must specify a mobile order you already placed. <clears throat> okay, that's fair. Then there's the Taco, Taco Bell Defy location in Minnesota that's entirely composed of drive through lanes with no dining room. The kitchen shuttles orders down from the second floor. The, who are you defying? The second floor? The, de, de, <laughs> we're defying gravities. No one said we could bring tacos from the second floor to the first floor, but we're fucking showing them every day of the week. <laughs> also, there's no dumbwaiter. They have to run it up and down because that's what we think of our employees. <laughs> That's Ralph. We call him dumb waiter. He runs up yeah. and down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But I, who's, I can understand the online order thing because they have those like uh, people installed bookshelves almost of like the shelves that you can pick up your order from, which I'm going to be honest, every time I pick up my order, I feel like a thief. Because they never check, like, any, <laughs> they true. just hope you that just, it's the right person. I know. I, I only recently encountered the shelf, and I uh, was pretty astounded by just the trust, the honor system. Now, I have a question, Will. There are yeah. some mid-tier fast uh, – they're not fast. They're just mid-tier restaurants. No, like, I, I, for example, Chipotle I'm Chipotle is a good example. I feel like it's, like, kind of fast, but – If Olive really. Garden had a drive through option, would you no. go do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> now, think about it. Ooh, uh, let me let me take a while to really think. No. But pasta lasts. You can have pasta and then you bring pasta. it home and then you eat it. Pasta, of all the things that could sit in a container and be perfectly good on the other side of sitting in a container, pasta has got to be it, right? Here's the thing. And I'm going to actually come out in support of Denny's now that I thought about it. Oh, my God. And I'm going to use this as a, a counterexample. <laughs> Guys, so get ready the for the garden. apology uh, apology podcast coming in next time. <laughs> we apologize for supporting Denny's in these hard times. We Denny's a real shit bag. We had no idea. Let me pull out the scroll of all the terrible <laughs> things Denny's have done. Um, I think for what is this is me going back to my education in in user experience stuff. Sure, sure. What is the the normal experience? What is the use case of going to an Olive Garden? I would argue it's going with your family because everybody is arguing and nobody can decide. And so you go, mm -hmm. fuck it. We're going to Olive Garden. Mm -hmm. Everyone can get something here. Right. But all the things at Olive Garden, you can get way better literally anywhere, anywhere else. else. <laughs> you can, making pasta at your house is going to be so much better and more al dente than old than, spaghetti than old in, a, in a plastic foam thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go well. So I, I don't think Olive Garden, but like f the fast food, who's coming to Denny's? It's people who are high at 2 a.m. It's, good, or it's drunk. a good call. It's a good call. So so people, if it, even if they are making it all cart, they're like, when did we order? <laughs> I think it's been a while, but I... Well, Oh, it's here. Like, <laughs> I think it would be a little surprise and it would, they would enjoy it then. It that, you think the they would delight their customer base in that sense. 
But the thing is, they're, I don't think they're going to have drive through at 2 a.m. I think they're going to no, be absolutely idiots not. and have it close at like 7 or some shit. It's going to be useless. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. In any case, if you out there in the wide world get a fast food drive through and you want to write in, please do. We'd love to hear about it. But until yeah. that time, let's go to your next segment. Let's see what see what you got. I hope you Ooh, delight let's, us. Let's see what's in the news. Ooh. I got, I got a couple of funny stories for you that I wanted to go over. Um, this is one I don't know how far we're going to get into this article necessarily because it just kind of says the entire thing in the Love in the a good title. headline. Yep. And the all three of these articles are from NPR. Um, this one's from August 3rd, 2023. It's in the humor and fun section. Got to point that humor out. Humor and fun. Thanks, NPR. Hey, that's yeah. great. Uh, this is Post Malone bought Magic the Gathering's one ring card valued as high as, and now I'm going to ask you, Theo, how much do you think this one individual oh. card is? If Post Malone is, if we're getting a headline about it, it's, it's over, newsworthy. It's yeah. over a million. Mm. I want to say I will, I will confirm that maybe <laughs> that is <sighs> high end. I'm going to say one point. Three million dollars, valued as high as two million. Get out of here! Oh my god, who's <laughs> paying? I, who's by paying the way, that? they have a, they have a picture of Post Malone, and he's smiling. He the happiest I've ever seen him. He's looking great, by the way. Uh-huh. He used to be a heavy fella. He's doing great. He also does have. He's on the red carpet. He has a red solo cup. So I don't fucking understand that. It's good. Uh, oh, he was. At, this is a picture from the 52nd annual Songwriters Hall of Fame introduction. He brought. So, wait, you're telling me a man brought a magic card to the to the music no, awards. He brought, he brought a solo cup to the, <laughs> to oh, the red carpet. I see. I thought it was a, a picture of him with his magic card. I thought that. Oh, was, that would be amazing. That would be, that would be, he's like, like, with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last year, American rapper and singer Post Malone dropped eighty. $800,000 on a rare Black Lotus card uh, signed by the artist who drew it, making it the most expensive Magic the Gathering card purchase ever until now. He may have paid, he may have paid as much as $2 million, uh, for the One Ring, a one-of-a-kind card released in June. Uh, according to Laura, the, it's, it's the One Ring. It's the One Ring from Did they literally make, it, they they literally import- make, make one of them? Like, do they print yeah. one? It's only wow. one. Uh, he purchased the single print card from TikTok user uh, Brooke Trafton, who posted a video on social media Tuesday after finding the card. So I wow. think it was like a Willy Wonka. <laughs> I got the golden ticket. Yeah. Uh, in the video, which has racked up nearly 4 million views, Trafton ha- shakes hands, uh, handshakes as he ex- examines the cards. Look at what I found! Let's go! <laughs> Trafton wrote. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Insane citation. Uh, I mean, well, how would you uh, react if you opened a pack of cards and were like, I I am now a millionaire? Oh, that would be, yeah. And then it's going to come and shake my hand. Like, give me money for it. Um, So Trafton was tempted to keep him card himself, but he said, for a guy like me, being able to sell it is life changing. I just really hoped it would go to someone who'd really appreciate it as much as I do. That's a good outlook. <laughs> like his perspective is like, yeah, I'd love to keep it, but I can't tear down two million dollars. Like, yeah, that's a hard. That's sell. a hard thing to pass on. 
no matter how much street cred you're going to get, you already, he already got the 4 million views. He's like, that's right. He's already got the street, street cred, cred right for finding it. So you kind of got the best of both worlds. You found it and yeah. you get proof of it. You get the money. And you get the money. Yeah. Um, the, also, I got to say that they, sometimes they have like links to other articles and they have one that's like an interview with Post Malone. It's Post Malone chases happiness, chicken nuggets, and love in new album, Austin. <laughs> Listen, gotta, he's a true he re- he's a he's renaissance a, man okay he's got his priorities straight yeah number one happiness number two <laughs> that probably contributes to number one chicken, chicken nuggets, nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> love number three love uh a diehard magic fan malone shared his uh story of he got the black lotus which i already knew about like i i that was like famously the most extensive one um but he uh but also, apparently, he even has cards made in his honor. Hmm. Wizards of the Coast, creators of the game and its subsidiary of Hasbro, dropped the post the Enchanter card in 2021, <laughs> according to PSA, <laughs> among others. So, <laughs> so uh, Trafton shared a video Wednesday on TikTok uh, in X, uh, the social media formerly known as Twitter. That is the longest citation for any company. It literally said X Corp, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, like it's fucking prints. <laughs> um, which showed, showed him meeting Malone for the sale of the card. Yeah, I'll take it, Malone said at, before laughing and hugging Drafton. Uh, and he said he, he's forever thankful and it's a dream a dream come true. So that's lovely for both of those guys. So for, nice. Yeah. Even wholesome, though we, wholesome story. Wholesome story. But I got to say, there are different things that you could spend money on. I guess you could spend $2, $2 million on a card if you, you want to. When you have as much money, as money to fuck around as him, you probably just follow you. Listen, happiness, chicken nuggets. That's chicken number nuggies. one, number two. <laughs> He's got those chicken nuggies. Uh, this is a second article. That, now we're getting into, I'm going to say, the animal part of the program. We're getting into some animal news, and I love this okay, animal news. Okay, all right. Zoo news. Uh, Come on. This is from July 22nd, 2023. An otter turned outlaw continues to evade <laughs> wildlife minute. officials in Santa Cruz. <laughs> I love that he's a little uh, bandito. A, he's been <laughs> rustling cattle for 14 years. We still can't pin him down, all right? He's too, too wily. He's too slippery. An outer in California is on the run from locals. <laughs> You're, that You're attributing a lot, of, a lot of like knowing what's happening to this otter. Yeah. Uh, uh, wanted for aggressively confronting locals and stealing surfboards at a popular beach. What? Uh, but its outlaw status has turned the slippery sea otter into an international icon with growing support to leave her in the wild. The five-year-old female otter, known officially as Otter 841, has been... <laughs> okay, all right, this is getting a little X-Men for me, all right? It is a little bit. Uh, has been deemed a public safety risk by state and federal wildlife officials because of her, quote, unusually aggressive behavior along the Santa Cruz coast. <laughs> Listen, we've uh, been injecting her with some super rabies, yeah. and uh, I'm not <laughs> saying that we're liable, but she is a public disgrace and a uh, huge danger. If you think she's dangerous, wait until you see the 840 other ones <laughs> that we released. Next test uh, is on a gorilla, so stay tuned for him to break out, too. So they're they're trying to rehome the, capture and rehome the honor in an aquarium or zoo, which does feel like just putting it in jail. Like they're yeah, specifically that like is let's jail. put this fucker yeah. in jail. Um, but support for a live and let live approach is growing with each unsuccessful attempt. Mark Woodward, in a local Santa Cruz photographer who has chronicled 841's adventures over a month on Instagram, 
Last week, he snapped a photo of an activist dressed as an otter holding a surfboard that read, Keep 841 free. <laughs> Another local, Ann Stadler, voiced her support for the Otter 841 in a letter to the editor of the Santa Cruz Sentinel published on Thursday. Quote, I don't have all the facts in history of incidents, but it just seems to me <laughs> to be yet another example of humans feeling that they have the right way on the earth and that a contemporary species and their rights to their native habitats are expendable. Which kind of goes with the will stupid thought from, <laughs> I think, last week where I was like, a good animal is only good to us if it's mm -hmm. nice to us. Um, there are several petitions, uh, and some have even gathered uh, 50,000 signatures. People are even fucking memeing this shit. Of Dave. course, I'm gonna naturally. I'm going to send you a meme that I know you're going to enjoy uh, because it's a Dark Knight quote. <laughs> It is it is an otter wearing a Batman mask. Get, please and, read the uh, quote, too. The quote is, she's the hero Santa Cruz deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt her because she can take it because she's not our hero. She's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, <laughs> a dark knight. You know what? I'm going to... And it's attributed to the feds. The feds. Yeah, it's really good. The, fe the feds. I do like that. It's, I do agree that she could take it because she's a, a silent guardian. She's but a, I, I don't know a, if she's a, watch a, a watchful protector. A protector. <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe it's a she's little bit. She's protecting her horde of surfboards that she's stolen. Mm -hmm. uh, however, the agencies charged uh, with catching A41 have maintained their stance that capturing and rehoming her is best for the otters and humans alike. Biologists say catching the otter could take days or weeks because of environmental conditions like water clarity. Um, they <laughs> an environment condition like getting our heads out of our ass we never know when that's going to happen it might take days or weeks <laughs> <laughs> this is this is one of my favorite parts of the article wildlife experts remain uncertain about why the otter is behaving this way Monterey Bay Aquarium spokesperson Kevin Connor previously told NPR that otter 841 was born in the aquarium approximately five years ago so this is like a the, but but where she was raised by her mother and minimally cared for by staff, disguised in black rubber suits and <laughs> welding masks to hide their human appearance. Huh. So yeah. why would she be, why would she hate, why would she want to run away? I can't imagine. I hate Darth Vader. It's, you're Darth <laughs> Vader here. Literally, that, that is the suit that- Time for <laughs> That, um- Fucking Marty McFly goes to his dad in 1955 oh <laughs> and like he's dressed like that. He's, he's, he's <laughs> to fuck with his dad. He's like, I'm Darth Vader. So I, yeah, I don't. They're like, I can't believe they she would associate the human shape <laughs> with mischief. Um, she was successfully released into uh, June 2020 and it appeared to be doing well until last September when her interactions with humans were first documented in the in the area. Um, so anyway, if you have any, uh, news about Otter 841 slash, uh, know where she's hiding, don't tell the cops. Yeah, I, don't be I'm a freaking rat, dude. Don't be a rat. But I will leave us out on, uh, the last article for the day, which has made me so happy. Uh, this is, uh, an article from June 22nd, uh, 2023. Meet Scooter. The winner of this year's World's Ugliest Dog Contest. Oh, no, Scooter. Scooter no. is... Oh, poor baby. I'm, I'm sending you a picture of Scooter right now. Oh, no, I, Scooter is ugly. Scooter. Oh, no. <laughs> Scooter, I, I'm going to say, uh, 
I'm going to to preface this article by saying we are going to immediately after this go over a few of the the past winners. I will show a few of those. Okay. Uh, majority of these are uh, Chinese crested dogs, which he are looks, a kind of hairless dog with like hair on their head. Yeah. Like they're weird, weird looking dogs. He looks like they, a, he looks like the sort of the definition of the word ragamuffin. Like he's, yeah, there are a lot of rats. <laughs> he's he's, he's He's got gray hair. It's very frizzy. He's got a white... He's got two kind of just black eyes, which is kind of unnerving. His tongue is sticking out. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Yeah. And there's an even better picture Poor that I'll show you in a second. But, um, I'm sure he's a lovely isn't, dog. Isn't what many would consider call a conventional beauty. The 70-year-old Chinese crested dog with reversed hind legs is nearly bald, but for a, shark, a shock of white wispy hairs. But it's those kinds of peculiarities that endeared the pooch to judges at the World's Ugliest Dog Contest oh my God. in uh, Petaluma, California, where he took home the grand prize on Friday. <laughs> oh, no. Scooter's Scooter. pink, pink wayward tongue may be drooping from his mouth. The contest's <laughs> title, however, is meant to be tongue-in-cheek. The nearly 50-year-old event which I did not oh <laughs> know that this had such a lineage, is held to show that these dogs are uniquely beautiful by celebrating, quote, the imperfections that make all dogs special, and to advocate for adoption. Quote, for the second, from the second he sits his hairless little booty and backward legs on your lap, you feel his warm, <laughs> huggable power to change the meaning, meaning of the word ugly, said NBC host Gaddy Schwartz, one of the com- <laughs> competition's judges in an interview with Today. Catherine Lang, uh, another judge, showed that the New York Times, in the cutest way possible, he kind of reminds me of a hairy hippopotamus. He does. That's a very good call. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sending you a picture of, of, I think, the owner holding up Scooter, oh, no. and it's so funny. Because he, he, he's, I think he's got uh, messed up legs. Uh, yeah. Scooter, now celebrated for his peculiarities, once faced death for his deformity. He was born with two deformed hind legs that hindered his ability to walk according to his biography on the contest website. As a new he, puppy, Scooter was saved by a volunteer from the Saving Animals from Euthanasia Safe Rescue Group after a breeder brought him into the animal control in Tucson, Arizona. Quote, he knew this pup might have a chance of finding a good home and a fairly normal life with the support of a res- rescue group, the biography said. Linda Elmquist adopted Scooter seven months ago with a, from a man from the uh, rescue group, reported today. When the seven-year-old gets tired from navigating on his front feet, he props himself on his butt, which he uses as a <laughs> tripod, according to his bio. Scooter recently got a new cart to help with his mobility. He's able to zoom around the park like the yellow dogs and welcomes any outstretched hand. This is going to make me cry. <laughs> He's a good boy. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting like a little bit like Mr. He, he just looks a little like Gonzo, if I'm being yeah. honest. It's a little Gonzo-ish. I'm going to, so we got to the end of the article, but I want to show you some pictures of uh, previous winners. So this mm-hmm. is Mr. Happy Face from 2022. Oh my God. He looks like a fucking gremlin and he has a mohawk. He looks like, <laughs> he looks like a dog from Mad Max. Like he, he, he looks like, yeah, I, I don't know. He is more of a beak than a mouth. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. His, his, his snoot is a little messed up. Uh, this is from 2019 Scamp the Tramp. Oh, Scamp the Tramp. I mean, he looks just kind of like a cute dog, but he's got some dreadlock going on. He got the tongue out, yeah. He doesn't look... Kind of, that. He's definitely cuter than the others, like by a, yeah. by a wide margin. Oh, you're going to love Zaza 
from 2018 that oh. because Zaza has a is a big Zaza with a looks like big the tongue. lizard. Oh my god, that's <laughs> the venom. <fucking> hunches. <laughs> that's a big. What is that? A pit bull? Is that a type of uh, like a pit bull? Bulldog. Bulldog. That's a bulldog, and it's with its front legs are front super stance. wide, and it has a, a tongue coming out of its mouth that literally looks like venom. Like it's got a yeah. venom ass face. It's a great dog. Uh, this is Martha from 2017, who is described Martha's as... Martha's a big droopy face. Yeah, Napoleon, Neapolitan uh, Mastiff, who is gentle and gassy. <laughs> How would you describe yourself on your Tinder bio? Gentle and gassy. gassy. That's me, baby. Uh, this is Sweepy Rambo from 2016, who's another uh, rat. Like That's another rat. That's another rat dog. Another... It's more this bald one... than the other ones, too. Yeah, this one's Quasimodo from 20... 2015. Which Quasimodo, is very... what happened to your neck, Has... boy? Yeah, no what neck, happened? only hunch. <laughs> no <laughs> Literally... neck, only hunch. Oh, this one looks like a taxidermy It looks like a job. warg. Like a... Yeah. Jeez, man. Oh, it kind of does, but... This is Peanut from 2014. Oh, Peanut's cheesing. Peanut's got a big <laughs> grin on his on her face. Peanut, girl or boy, Peanut? Uh, I don't know, actually. My, Anyways, uh, this do, little do. dog's cheesing it. And uh, no, it's not a dog I would want to touch, if I'm being honest. It's a little... Do, does a not little say creepy. in the thing. It has uh, like a lot of fur on its body, but its legs are hairless, which is mm. very off-putting. Like pink, pink chicken breast looking legs. I'm going to send you only a few more. Uh, this is Yoda from 2011. Yoda's arms are straight out. <laughs> there is no <laughs> stopping this. Man. Thin, thin, thin arms. And his tongue is straight out looking like Michael Jordan. He a looks like he's going thing. up for the big jump. He's going for the big dunk. And this is this He is wants Pabst. to be like Mike. Oh, Pabst is angry and grumpy. So angry. Has a big underbite. And yeah, a um, huge biggest underbite. Kind of a short snoot for uh, what looks like a, a kind of boxer pit bully dog. And I'm going to leave you with the uh, winner from 2013, Wally, who Wally is just the tiniest little dog. Oh, Wally. Tiny little feet. That's not ugly. No. Wally. He, Wally has a, a unusually large head, but also like tiny little uh, corgi legs. Like corgi it has legs, to be but a, big, a, like kind of. Kind of swamp thing looking feet. B- that's okay. Feet. That's okay. <laughs> that's such a nice, such a smile, nice smile. Yeah, but that I just wanted to bring to the attention the world's ugliest dog contest and some of the winners because I I love it so much. But anyway, let's go on to your next segment. You know, I I I don't know if they detail this, but I really hope there's no prize money because if oh, there, there was. Is. Is there? No. Yeah, I think I, I think they. It's it's not high though. It's only like a okay. few thousand dollars. Because I was gonna say if like if people are incentivized to keep breeding uglier and uglier dogs, like that feels yeah, bad. That does feel bad. I I think it's mostly for the props and, and the more natural the better. But hmm. anyway, let's hmm. let's go on naturally transition into your next segment. Well, my next segment, we you know we're in the holiday season and we just got through Thanksgiving and I thought. You know, maybe it's a little it's time to tune into the drama corner for for Thanksgiving. Ooh, Find a little a little Thanksgiving drama from Love Am it. I the Asshole and other assorted subreddits to find out. You know, each of us has each everybody's family is some flavor of crazy, but some people yeah. more than others. All right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> definitely true. So, got a couple of stories here. We'll see how many of them we get through before we want to move on. So, first one. This one is uh, from Am I the X. 
which is when people oh. post on Am I the Asshole and they get reposted here because they don't realize that they've probably already been broken up with. Oh, <laughs> oh I thought it was going to be like the after thing of I got broken up. Because there's a lot of things on Reddit that it's like, she's going to break up she's with you, bro. Or yeah, like, yeah, you got to yeah, break yeah. up with them. Like... This is like this that. is all this is all perspective. Like people take the post and then they and then they uh, theorize that this person is already probably out. So mm. title of the post: Am I the asshole for telling my girlfriend she's wrong about my family after she met them for Thanksgiving? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting title here. So <laughs> I invaded. I invited my me uh, twenty nine male and my girlfriend twenty nine seven female to my family's mm. Thanksgiving dinner. My mom, my aunt, and my sister in laws are all the best cooks, so they always take care of dinner and everything. My mom was so excited to meet the, my girlfriend that she pulled my girlfriend into the kitchen to help. Everyone liked my girlfriend and thought it was a good day, but my girlfriend is mad at me now. She got mad at me. Uh, uh, she got mad that all the women. That all the women did the cooking and cleaning mm. up while the men sat around and did nothing. Did nothing, quote unquote, according, you know, that's how they've yeah. written it. She asked me why I didn't try to help. My mom or any of my relatives never asked and I don't want to be in the way. It's nothing to do with women or men. The best cooks in the family make the dinner. Ah, full meritocracy this man has established mm, here. Yeah, this is this is yeah, not so sexism. This, is, yeah, this right. is meritocracy. Right. It's nothing to do with men, women or men. The best cooks in the family make the dinner. It just so happens to be women who do it. My girlfriend said she got pulled into cooking too, and she didn't want to be rude to my mom, so she said yes. It's because my mom was excited to get to know her, but my girlfriend said my brother brought his new boyfriend to meet the family, and he didn't get pulled into helping. According mm. to her, my mom waited on him hand and foot, but my girlfriend got put to work. She's also mad at me because uh, she kept coming out to see me and she was trying to get me uh, to get her out of the kitchen, but I kept sending her back, quote unquote. I had no idea she wanted out and I didn't want to and I didn't want to help my mom. Oh, and I had no idea she wanted out and didn't want to help my mom and everyone. Am I the asshole for telling her she's wrong when she basically made it out that my family treats men and women differently? My mom is a lawyer. My sister-in-law is a biologist. All of the women in my family are educated and have careers. Women are not treated differently or less than. They just happen mm. to be the best with cooking. My girlfriend uh, won't talk to me or return my messages. She's overreacting, Ooh. right? I can't see why she's mad like that, like she is. I I would love to see the comment section because this would be a shit show comment section. <laughs> That's the absolutely. point. Everyone just comes here to dunk on these idiots. That's absolutely yeah, this the subreddit. Is, this is this is and it's it's also people who are as emotionally stunted as the people in the the thing because this is if both of these people I'm gonna come out uh, guns blazing. I think it this is just pure miscommunication on every single factor. Like yeah, if we're I, going based off of the the rating system of um, am I the asshole? It's like you're the asshole. The other person's the asshole, or equally the asshole. Yeah, this is a, this is a little, uh, well. She so should have communicated. I don't know. Like, is there a, a follow up? Well, there's Ed, a detail I, in here that people in the comments fleshed out and found out more about. So there's oh. a, there's a very specific line where he says at the beginning. My mom, my aunt, and my sister-in-laws are all the best cooks, so they always take care of dinner and everything. And the mm. and everything meant that That's not only did they cook, they cleaned up. Yeah. So you can't claim meritocracy if all the women are also cleaning up, buddy. Like, you, you can't say, oh, the women are the best at cleaning dishes. No, fuck you. Yeah. No, fuck <laughs> you. All right? Like, oh. get off your ass at that point, dude. Like, this is – but this is, like, multiple levels – this is almost generational bad communication. If because he has a different view, because I'm going to be honest that I 
when it comes to Thanksgiving, I do not do a lot because I was the baby of the family. Like they, sure. they did not want me there. Like, sure. it, it was very clear. Do not get, but also my family, like my dad cooks the turkey yep. in, in our family and, and makes the stuffing because he makes very good stuffing. It is it, meritocracy in that respect. Sure. I, I'm going to call it the, the miscommunications one for, with the family because like if, because it is kind of, if they want, I don't, that puts the blame on the, on the ladies. And I don't feel that, that's fair either of like if they wanted them to help they go to ask for it it's I like think yeah you should is, probably do the dishes like that this seems is, nice uh, this is kind of a case where i think that like the guys in the family have gotten away with the women so the mom is the one who seems like she's spearheading it and wants to be a caretaker totally get yeah. that like understand yeah. that but i think that the men have now gotten accustomed to a scenario in which the expectation for the men is so low that they're now mm. not pulling their weight like yeah like it's it's cool if like mom wants to be the caretaker and she wants to like do a lot of stuff, but you better be pitching it. You better go grocery shopping. You better be offering to clean up. You better be like offering to pitch in and any set the table. Yeah. You better be doing other stuff. If she wants to be the caretaker and cook everything, totally fine. But you got to pull yeah. your weight, man, because the expectations I, here on the men seem so low that I'm like yeah. I'm mind boggled here. And I totally see the girlfriend's point where she's like, I was invited as a guest to your house and I had to cook for like hours and then clean up. Like, no, yeah, I'm not putting up with this. It's multiple things. Of, I understand it, though, of because the mom probably had if it's we don't know the family situation, but like my mother had a family of boys. Mm-hmm. And so she, I could see her being like, I want to get to know the girl. Yep. I, like, I, let me let me. But I have to be in the kitchen and do like I want to cook also. So I'm going to yep. also. But like she didn't have to necessarily help. Like this is where I'm going to throw it a little bit on her, because if I had a partner that was mad like this and didn't say explicitly to me, why am I cooking? Like came into the, like <laughs> I, the fact that she didn't, it sounded like she kind of like danced around the thing when she went in and then he sent her back where, yeah. where she should have been like, Hey, why am I doing this? Like to him of like, Hey, it's weird that you're making me cook. Yeah. But like, I understand I, the social pressure of like, you don't want to cause a scene. You don't want to say anything. And it's like the whole family's looking at you. And it's like, you can yeah, you can, maybe find it. you can maybe find a time. I, I mean, I think this probably escalated into a full breakup at the point at which she tried to have this conversation with him. And he's like, no, mm. dude, this that's not it at all. And she probably wasn't hearing her. And so that's, yeah. that's probably why this escalated. But I also think like nothing that happens at Thanksgiving isn't a skill you could also learn. Like just because mm. one person makes good stuffing doesn't mean that person now has to make stuffing for the rest of their lives into eternity. Like that is a yeah. learnable, you can make a recipe. Recipes are not hard to follow. If you do it a couple of times, it's okay. Like, this, I don't know. This this is a tough one because I feel like there's so so many interconnected, like we're getting into like gender norms and yeah. shit, which is, I'm going to say, uh, the death of comedy like <laughs> or yeah. at least like the the once we get into these discussion not death of comedy in like a broader sense but for funny conversation we have to get real and mm. like talk about like well okay well was she did everybody bring something to the thanksgiving day is it actually equitable um but it, in terms of this yeah i think he i think he's the asshole i think everybody could have communicated better i think this is also like a larger asshole it, like the family it's just like, sounds like an I think asshole. it's a it's I think it's a family dynamic that enables assholery. Like yeah, it's not like anybody explicitly is being a jerk, but it's enabling some people to just sit around. Like yeah. that's that's the dynamic, and the, the girlfriend is obviously not used to that. We're gonna we'll leave it with the takeaway of if you're coming to Thanksgiving, try to bring something or help out. 
Like I, I brought a pie, but my girlfriend made it. So I didn't really like, necessarily help, but I was also available for helping with other shit. Yeah, like I was setting up tables. I was doing other stuff. You got to do that. You got to do something. You got to try to help in any way you can. And then you don't end up on our slash. Am I the asshole? <laughs> and this podcast. All right. One quick podcast. one. One more. That's going to be quick. <clears throat> All right, this is another one from Am I the Asshole, not from Am I the Ex. Am I the Asshole for telling my son he will pay off, uh, pay back for the cheese and meat or he won't be eating Thanksgiving tomorrow? Huh, okay, this is going to be mm, carnivorous, it sounds, mm-hmm. which is not an adjective we use <laughs> <laughs> in the show. So I'll keep this one short. Every year we have charcuterie, have charcuterie board for Thanksgiving meal at six. Just something everyone can pick at so they aren't dying of hunger by dinner time. My son, 16, loves cheese, and due to this, I make sure to label when he can't eat something. I labeled mm. all the stuff for Thanksgiving, don't eat. Well, mm. yesterday, he went and ate all of the fancy meats and basically ate from each block that I bought. Oh I was <laughs> I was truly pissed since I worked, I worked extra hours to pay for it since, he, since the prices are awful now for nice cheese. Yeah, I told him he needs to go to the store and replace all of it, which would cost him around $70. One of the mm-hmm. cheeses he ate was $18 alone. Jesus Christ. Or he doesn't get to eat, th- eat uh, Thanksgiving meal. He is refusing to pay it back, so no Thanksgiving meal. He will eat a sandwich. And he thinks I am just I am being a horrible jerk. My husband is on, the, on his side and doesn't what? understand why I'm so pissed about it. That's the end of the, the question. So, Verdict, what do you think? What do you think? I immediately did they say what age this person the son is 16 years old 16 okay no he, he, that's old uh, enough to no consequences yeah that's 100 percent. this person is not the asshole that son is a piece of shit and also i'm sorry to to say this to you your son is also a mouse because why is he eating <laughs> so much fucking cheese why is he eating 70 dollars of cheese this I, you labeled it like literally this is the the thing of when yes people absolutely put, their food into the the uh, employee refrigerator and they say this is mine don't eat or like whatever and then they end up putting laxatives because somebody keeps eating their lunch and then yeah. that person's like oh you're an asshole and it's like no i no, labeled it i labeled <laughs> it don't eat it's mine the the oh. two details that definitely put me over the top of the sun is the asshole is yeah the don't eat the don't eat labels don't eat. She, yeah. the, she went For out of her way to giving and the especially detail that makes it over the top is she says that she worked extra hours to pay for it so it's mm. like this so it's this person expensive it, it is exp- well not only that this person knew that thanksgiving was coming wanted to provide a good meal for everyone and worked extra hard for that and then mm-hmm. someone goes and ruins that if he could have just waited around he could have eaten the cheeses if he just waited I, yeah like you could have waited till thanksgiving and eaten the cheeses it's fine that's what it was supposed to be for i think it's it's because it's an hors d'oeuvre that people are trying to downplay it but I'm going to offer this of what if this motherfucker, I'm going to say that, uh, he just like carved off a piece of the turkey. Like it was <laughs> like you pre-prepared. Let's say you pre-prepared it and they co- he carved off a huge piece of the turkey. Or yeah, better than Absolutely that. Like not. imagine that you be, pre-prepared, you pre-prepared the whole meal and you, he was just, you saw him eating just a full plate. He had taken a scoop of mashed potatoes, a scoop of yeah. stuffing, a slice cool, of turkey. You don't get, you, and took, he was, you took your portion. Like, you took your portion. <laughs> yeah, it's over. And you can either pay that back and, and participate with us or you can miss out. You've already had it. Yeah. He, this is a self-centered son who does not know consequences and then was like, what are you talking about? I thought this was for everybody. This, this is how you get somebody to learn consequences. This is good parenting. This is it sounds like something my oldest brother would do, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so I'm, I am not giving uh, – yeah, that 
That person's the asshole. That son's the asshole. Come on. Come on, son. Get better. Get better. Well, that takes us through the Thanksgiving assholery. Mm Mm-hmm. But now I have a a very quick Wikipedia historian for you. Okay. I'm here for it. Uh, This is... I don't know how far we're actually going to get into this article, but uh, it is another uh, animal-based... Uh, you got segment. a theme this week, okay? Yeah, I got I got a lot of animal stuff. We could also say Post Malone is an animal, but in a, a <laughs> he's an animal. Sense. Um, this is the Wikipedia article about Dusty the Klepto Kitty. Oh no, Dusty! Dusty! <laughs> uh, so Dusty the Klepto Kitty was a domestic sh- uh, snowshoe cat, which I love snowshoes. Uh, my parents' cat is a snowshoe cat, which means they have little white paws. It's very cute. Uh, who gained notoriety in early 2011 for his act of cat burglary. Mm. As of as of February 2011, appearance on The Late Show with David Letterman. He's a famous cat. He was on David Letterman. Dusty had stolen 16 car wash mitts, 7 sponges, <laughs> 213 dish towels, 7 washcloths, 5 towels, 18 shoes, 73 socks, 100 gloves, 1 pair of mittens. I don't know why the mittens aren't with the count for the gloves, but whatever. 3 aprons, which is that <laughs> That's a lot of aprons. How many aprons that, you need? Four balls, four pairs of underwear, one dog collar, six rubber toys, one blanket, three leg warmers, two frisbees, one golf club head cover, one safety mask, two mesh bags, one bag of water balloons, one pair of pajama pants, eight bathing suits, and eight other, quote, miscellaneous objects. The otter out here is like, why are you coming after me? I have not broken one law. And look at this fucking cat. (laughs) The cat is just like, still has a mitten in his mouth is like, like what are you talking about i'm just dusty here <laughs> oh let me just i'm using all these to wash all the dust off myself uh, <laughs> he he earned the nickname klepto kitty after bringing home more than 600 items from the gardens he prowled that night his owners claimed that his record spree garnered 11 separate items and he was once even caught on camera carrying home a bra <laughs> uh, so he lives in san mateo california uh so his first two years of life were uneventful, but in 2008, his owners began to notice household objects that did not belong to them appearing in strange places. And they began to suspect that their cat had was bringing them home, a suspicion that eventually they were eventually able to confirm. Uh, his notoriety, <laughs> although his thievery began in 2008, Dusty didn't receive notoriety outside of his neighborhood until the Animal Planet show Must Love Cats aired a profile of him in February 2011. Dusty. The Must Love Cats crew was able to set up a motion-triggered night vision camera and catch Dusty in the act of bringing home his spoils. Oh, yeah. The Animal Planet report led uh, to a February 14, 2011 story by Vic Lee of TG. Oh, a TV of San Francisco and Dusty's appearance on the Late Show with David Letterman. Um, but anyway, so so he's been on a couple of shows. But I just wanted to bring up Dusty because he, <laughs> just listing off his things. Is, <laughs> and also, uh, they have little like they have the little box on the right that gives his like stats and stuff. They do have his occupation, which was his cat occupation. Oh yeah, yeah, good, very good, very good. <laughs> So I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, gotta love you, Dusty, for doing those little crimes. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of animal crimes going around this week. But uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. 
And uh, remember, if you have more tales of animal daring do, send it to segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our Twitter, Segment City, or YouTube is Segment City, and leave us ratings, leave us reviews. We love to see them. We love to see how people enjoy the program. Uh, but we also want to give a big thank you to somebody in particular. That thank you would be to Rachel Robison. She does our intro music and she has other music you can find on streaming platforms everywhere. And some say she's stolen eight car wash mitts and 17 bracelets and two aprons and uh, night vision goggles and corporate secrets <laughs> and the, the bomb codes. So watch out for her. Somebody at the Salt Lake City police is just like, she did what? <laughs> Slap the cuffs on her. She got to go to jail. Book them, boys. And I'll end us out on an I was poisoned. Oh, okay. Got one for you here. This one is from the Bachanel Buffet in Las Vegas. Oh, the height of class and (laughs) culture. (laughs) Like a a Vegas food poisoning. If you you haven't gotten food poisoning there, have you really been to Las Vegas? Right. It's a real experience. This one reads like a telegram, which I love. This one is, (laughs) goes, this morning, period. Something from the buffet, period. Not sure, period. Yes, period. Wait, it, was, <laughs> it was nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and intense abdominal pain, period. Oh, that's the end of it. You're, <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just turned to the camera, smiled at me, not realizing we're on an audio medium, and I was like, oh, we're, we're done with that's this. That's it. Then. Okay, that's <laughs> Something from the buffet, period. Stop. Not sure, period. Stop. Yes. Period. Yes, like, like they responded to something. Yes. W- was it from the buffet? Yes, of course it was. Of course. Period. What, what did they... Ex- I like you, like you said, if you haven't gotten sick from a Vegas buffet, you haven't been to Vegas, all right? Let's just, let's just leave it at that. And then Trouble walked in. Trouble with some crab legs. <laughs> and that's the... That, <laughs> that's, like, it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the that's the joke we're ending the podcast on. I hope I hope, I hope you like that one joke. It. I'm glad you stuck around for it. Wasn't yeah. it worth it? Wasn't it worth it? It wasn't. I'm going to answer for them. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't.